and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, he's drilled home by Steve Davis. Here, then he comes Matheson. Oh, he's scored! And now it's Thompson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I'm joined, as always, by Luke. Luke, how are you getting on, mate? Very well, thank you, mate. Very well. Good stuff. And um, we've got a special guest with us this week. Um, what is your official role with Daily Sports? Will you tell us, Dice? Um, well, it's changed over the years, but at the minute, as we stand today, it is admin support. Admin support of the Daily Sports team. Yes. Rob Dyson's with us. Uh, Rob, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We're going to chat through the uh, last couple of Dale games and then we'll get onto the eSports team in a bit and have a chat about um, about that. So thanks very much for joining us, mate. Looking forward to it. It's a pleasure. Good stuff. So first of all, we'll get into the game at Salford. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't at that game and I did manage to catch it. I was up in the Lake District. So Luke, I'm going to come to you for a bit of an overview of the game, really. Kind of how did it go? How were Dale? And In the end, was a was nil-nil a fair result on the night? Yeah, I think we got away with one, to be honest with you, mate. As 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 better as what we were in that second half, um, we rode our luck massively in, in the first half. Um, Salford could have been two, three goals up within half an hour. A um, couple of good saves from Coleman. Um, we just weren't set up right. I mean, the pitch, the pitch felt tiny, but I think in part that was because of how bad we were. Um, you know, we didn't really string any passes together. And as a result, it, it kind of led to us having to do a lot of defending. Um, but Matty Lund was the best player on the pitch, which is disappointing. You know, it's not, you know, kind of you always think, what would we have been like if we kind of kept, you know, I was able to keep the likes of Matty Lund this season, but thought he was the best player on the pitch. He looked right up for it, as he as he often does, really. He's a, he is a competitive player. Um and they were a big threat for staff and, and we were we were just off it, I thought. You know, we were off it. We were kind of two yards off them defensively. Uh, like I kind of alluded to there, our passing just, you know, I don't think we strung more than four passes together in that first half. And it just led to kind of being up against it constantly. Um, but if you're going to find credit, you will find credit in, in kind of, you know, keeping it level going into half time and then much better second half, basically. Yeah, Dice, do you think in the end it was kind of a result that suited both teams? Neither team were going into it in great form. And I must admit, when I saw the result at the end, I kind of felt, yeah, you know, I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the form that, you know, both teams going into the game, you know, a point's not the worst result at the end of the day. Um, obviously, both teams would have wanted goals because both lacking goals at the minute. But... You know, a nil-nil, a few good saves, a few good shots to, you know, gain the confidence um, for both teams as well. Um, yeah, I think it's a fair result and a, a result that, you know, we could start something from. Yeah, certainly. I think definitely in the context of what has happened since we was getting that much-needed win on Saturday, which we'll come on to a little bit later. But, Luke, um, I think... The major plus point has to be the clean sheet, doesn't it, um, from the game at Salford. Was it a better display defensively? I know Coleman made a good few saves, as we saw in the highlights, and as you mentioned a minute ago, but generally, did defence did the defence look better? I saw that um, Dawson and Graham came in for a little bit of criticism once again. 
You'd like to think when you're talking on the back of a clean sheet that, that the answer would be yeah, but I don't think it was. I think I think we were lucky, like I said. I thought um I thought Graham in particular really struggled. Um he he, he was kind of yeah, Dorset not really been convinced on either also struggled, but I thought Graham was a was a bit of a weakness. And um I've always liked Ashley Hunter back when he was at Fleetwood and um you were kind of picking the ball up in in a few dangerous areas, and um, Graham didn't really know what to do with him. I didn't think. Um, so I think defensively, I, I wouldn't say we looked any better apart from the second half, where I think it was more of a kind of, you know, I suppose defensively everyone's accountable for it, aren't they? So I mean, in a weird way, we've us being better with the ball in the second half. Um, I think we were a bit more aggressive as well, trying to win the ball higher up the pitch that helped rather than kind of sitting off them. Um, I think at times, I think at times you've got to kind of, you know what, um, keep it tight, keep your shape, sit off a team, stand off them, allow them to have the ball in areas of the pitch that they're not going to hurt you and kind of ride it out to a certain extent. But if that was the game plan, that wasn't necessarily working, especially in the first half, because we did sit in and we did hold shape, but... At the same time, in a weird way, we were we were off, we were kind of two yards off them, like I've just said, really. So, I think defensively, I know we kept a clean sheet, but I was I, I left the game still worried about kind of how we were shaping up and how we looked in that first half. There were, there were a few worrying signs. Um, in many respects, moving on to the Sutton game, even though we conceded two, I think we were better defensively in a real weird way, but. That's football for you. That's League Two, and that's that's Dale at the minute. I'd say. Yeah, nice. We'll touch on on Coleman actually because I think personally I I, I made him at fault for a minimum of one of those goals on Saturday. But as we touched on, he, he made a couple of really good saves in the Salford game. We know he wouldn't be in League Two if he was a consistently top level goalkeeper. But um, what have you made of him so far, and that inconsistency between games in in his first few matches for us? Well, when he first signed, I, I was massively for it. You know, um, he came highly recommended when he signed for Huddersfield a few years ago. You know, he was supposed to be, you know, their future goalkeeper. Didn't quite work out for him. You know, he's had a few transfers that didn't, you know, work. He got some games. But when we signed him, I felt positive about it. Um, we needed that, that's, that stature in there. You know, Lynch, as agile as he is, he's, you know, we all know he's not the tallest Um and in League Two, it's a big worry that um, you're going to get outstrength, you're going to get outstretched for a lot of balls in League Two. So having that presence straight away was good. But like you say, watching him now, the inconsistencies are creeping in. Um, I'd stick by him because obviously, uh, my personal opinion, he's a better goalkeeper than Lynch, uh, but he's more suited to League Two as well. So maybe... A long running games, bit bit more confidence, you know, really feels like a number one. Might knock out that inconsistency, and we'll see the saves he did against Salford, and not so much the mistakes he did against Sutton. More regular. Yeah, someone made a really good point on the forum the other day. Actually, um, it was a point that was often raised about Josh Lillis, uh, which is that obviously there are deficiencies to to these goalkeepers, Lynch, Lillis, and Coleman, and that's why they've kind of carved out careers in League Two. But then. If you take the risk in bringing in a Premier League goalkeeper on loan, it can work out brilliantly like it did with Sanchez or it can work out less well like it did with Bazunu. 
Um, so it's, it's kind of risk and reward, I suppose, isn't it? Um, I, I know which out of kind of those four or five we mentioned that obviously Sanchez is now now with Spain's national team. So oh. it's clear that he's the better one. But out of the others, I'd rather have all three than Bazunu. So I guess yeah. that kind of shows where we're at in terms of like the goalkeeping scenario. Um, Luke, like I said, I wasn't at the Salford game, so I don't have too many questions for you on it. So I suppose we can use this question to move on to the Sutton game, knowing what happened in the final few seconds. But I did see Morley get a bit of praise for the Salford game. He didn't start, came off the bench, and I saw a few people say that his introduction kind of pushed us up the pitch a little bit. And then obviously he got a kind of redemption moment, didn't he, on Saturday after what's been a, a few weeks where he has been criticised. Yeah, I mean, like as far as his performance at Salford goes, he, I, I think it was Broadbent that he came on for, and I think, I think Broadbent struggled. Um, the times in that first half where the, the midfielders didn't have a lot of time on the ball, but what was key was that they they played the right pass and they played it quick. I think Broadbent just kind of dallied here and there a little bit, and there was a couple of passes where, you know, just a side pass out to O'Keefe, where you want the ball played in front of you, you know, so for O'Keefe to kind of run onto nicely. Um, he kind of played a few passes kind of slightly behind players or, you know, just mistimed really. It's those little kind of intricacies that, that can put you on the back foot rather than the front foot. Um, and Morley coming on, um, he actually, I think he kind of, he gave us more energy um, in, in a weird way, which isn't kind of something that you necessarily should associate Morley with. Um, but the key thing was was passing the ball forward. Um, that's one thing that he did. He got the ball, he got his head up and he passed the ball forward. Um, and we spoke about it a lot. It's really effective, I think, passing between the lines. Um, and and it, it brings it brought Udu more into the game, it brought Newby into the game a bit more. Um, so all of a sudden then other players are looking better as a result of um as a result of Morley finding them with those passing with the forward passes. So um yeah, fair play to him. He, um, he, he, he did well when he came on. Um, he earned his place back into the team, albeit I don't think it was necessarily uh, a drop-in as such at Salford. I think Robbie Stockdale, Stockdale kind of said he's played a lot of football, and he has, um, you know, and it was a midweek game. So I think it was more of a resting opportunity for Morley rather than anything else. Um, Broadbent obviously got the goal against Swindon as well and, and maybe deserved a start, but... Um, yeah, you know, and again, moving on to his performance against Sutton, um, he did okay. He did all right. There's still a few kind of times where I'm kind of thinking, when are you going to learn from um, that kind of not spotting danger or um, that awareness that you are getting closed down from behind you kind of thing? When are you going to kind of speeding it up a little bit? Uh, but at the same time, he's got quality. He made the pass out to O'Keefe, Um for, for one of our goals where Rocky, yeah, the Kelly goal, you know, he, he played a nice little pass across the wall. Keith, that's kind of, you expect that from Marley these days, but in actual facts, when you kind of pick it apart, it's a lovely pass out to O'Keefe. And when you're playing against 10 men, you need someone who's got the ability to switch from one side of the pitch to the other, because that's where you're going to exploit it. You're going to exploit it down the sides when you're up against 10 men, because they're going to defend quite compact. Um, and, and Morley had that ability and showed it. And then obviously, you know, he took his goal really, really well. And as soon as he hit it, it was one of them where I thought, yeah, it's in. He, he hit it so sweetly, didn't he? And um, it was a nice moment. It was a good moment. Um, again, to a certain extent, 
got away with it. Um, but at the same time, I did think we were the better team on the day as well. Yeah, I think that that point about the pass to O'Keefe is one that I'd kind of missed in my notes, but it's a really good point because I, I don't know when I saw the highlights back, I was really impressed by it. What Morley does when he's at his best is he turns defensive possession into attacking possession with balls like that. Um, and that, that that's the kind of thing that can be undervalued by some fans, I think. Um, when he's not on his game, we know what his deficiencies are and we know how he can hold us back. But when he when he's doing things like that, um, that's when he's at his best. And, and if he can add goals like the one that he he got in injury time to his to his um, to his game, then obviously that'll be a big bonus as well. I think that's why he's one of them players that I think fans get most frustrated with because the deficiencies in his game appear to me as though they're from a mental perspective. And as a result of that, you kind of think that can be worked on and changed, you know, that that kind of awareness and that kind of aggression and um, almost kind of showing that kind of competitive edge. It feels as though that, that, that is within and it can be brought out rather than a lack of ability because the ability is there. It's those other aspects of his games that there are holes in that, that stop him from being that rounded midfielder. Um, having said that, if he if he was more rounded, well rounded, it'd be he'd be playing week in week out in the championship. I reckon now. I think another thing with Morley is, um, you know, he's he's coming to the side at a really young age, and he's already what third, fourth year veteran kind of now for Rochdale. So I think the expectation of a young talent, you know, I think it's got up there with you know what we'd compare to the likes of Matty Lund already. So I think, I think a lot of people forget how young he is. He's got a lot more to work on his game. Um, I know about two seasons ago, he was my player of the season. I absolutely loved seeing him play. But I think with the young age, you let the mistakes go. You let the, oh, he's not quite got the football brain yet. And I think we've just got to a point now where, because he's been in the side so long, we're expecting it. And he's still young, so we've still got to give him that time to uh, really hone his skills a bit and I think League 2 he should start to shine a little bit now Yeah I think that's a good point about him kind of being one of the veterans of the team I think there's only really Doan and McNulty that have been at the club longer than him or in the first team pitcher longer than him and obviously neither of them are kind of first team regulars anymore so there is kind of that expectation on his shoulders from supporters sometimes that he's the man that people recognise and He's the man that they expect to kind of drag us along at times. So he's not that kind of player. He's not going to be, you know, your Gary Jones who kind of galvanises the team. But if you can give us moments like that one on Saturday, then I'm sure there'll be less criticism uh, going his way. Um, Dice, I'll come back to you just on the game generally against Sutton. Um, I mean, <laughs> I saw Jacob, who's been on the podcast before um, at half time, and I said to him, I won't be happy even though there's been 10 men. Even though we're ahead by one goal, I won't be happy until full time because I know what it's like supporting Dale. And then on 78 minutes, I must admit, I thought, well, this is absolutely done and dusted. So, how on earth did we manage to make it so hard no, for ourselves? Complete, complete opposite for uh, obviously, I sit with uh, Reese and uh, Nick, fellow esports, and obviously, I've probably talked about it on the podcast before, but we turned around at 70, 75th minute to each room. was like, it's Dale in it. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. And then that first set piece came, it was like, yeah, this is it. And then it was like, just not another corner, not another corner. Then it happened again. It was like, oh, here we go again. And we were, you know, we were ready to leave. And it's like, I can't sit through this again. And then 
came to Morley, who from the same distance missed two absolute stinkers during the same game. And it was like, in that split second, it was like, please don't shoot. And then soon as he did, oh, my body tensed up. I hurt my arms because I celebrated that much. But it was incredible. Uh, good finish as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall game, it was it was a typical Rochdale game. You know, dominate one half and then look a bit lacklustre in the second half. So, you know, it's come to expect it. It's the ups and downs of being a Dale fan. It's, you know, it's the joys of the roller coaster, isn't it? Luke, what, what were your what was your emotion when that goal went in? Because I'll be honest, it was the weirdest emotion I've ever felt at a last-minute goal because usually it's just pure joy, but that was just pure relief for me. Yeah, like it is a weird one. Normally I'm quite emotional and kind of will enjoy a last-minute winner. Um, like, fairly enjoy a last-minute winner. But um, they came and celebrated as well were, were kind of where I sit. And um, it was just kind of like... It was like you little fuckers, <laughs> you little fuckers. Like, see, you know, it was our doing, weren't it? I didn't think Sutton were that that good. We handed them them goals, like you know, they didn't have to work hard for him, did they? You know, and um, that's what's dis- that's what was disappointing about it. But like I said, you know, when they scored the first. You do, you think the worst, don't you? You kind of, I wasn't surprised when they got the second. When they got that corner, it was like, here we go. When you see Coleman coming off his line like he did, he did it's like, here we go, you're misjudging this. Um, and then you just see the net ripple and it's like, oh, come on. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't expect the bounce. I didn't expect us to react the way we did. We kind of got on the front foot again very quickly, whereas I felt, I just felt as though that, that soccer punch were... They've not tested us throughout the game. It wasn't like it was necessarily coming as a result of the great attacking play. Um, not in my opinion, anyway. And I just felt as though that would have knocked the stuffing out of us. And, and it didn't, you know, we, we did go for it, which was which was good because we had to in order to win the game. Um, but but yeah, that like my, my emotion to it was just, yeah, I think I would say it was more relief. Um, and still kind of Still kind of, I was still frustrated to be fair, Pers. I know everyone kind of enjoyed it, and I think that's the way it should be. I was disappointed that I didn't enjoy it as much as I did because uh, you know I kind of wonder that's like part and parcel of enjoying football. But when it's your team, I don't know, like, yeah, you just can't, um, it's hard to describe. But you know, a game like that and a goal like that, you saw the celebrations at the end, you know, Coleman jumping on the players and all that lot. That, that's something awful that's going to galvanize them. And, Sometimes you might look back on the season and go, that was a turning point. And I'm kind of really hopeful that that's the case. Um, we'll see. Or it might just be more of the same. I don't know. Can't predict it, can you? I think uh, I think Robbie Stockdale's emotion was certainly relief as well. He, I, I made a point of kind of looking at him as the celebrations were happening and he, he was sort of turned around, facing the main stand, just shaking his head. Sort of <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I hope you're right. It feels like it doesn't feel like the kind of moment what you're talking about that kind of kickstarts the season, but that's because I was in the same sort of mindset as you. I was like, not. I was still annoyed that we'd conceded two goals in a, in a game where it was done. Like I, I felt like before they made the sub for the lad who, who scored the first goal, whose name escapes me now, before he came on, I genuinely thought Sutton had given up. I thought they were like, right, damage limitation, um, let's... 
let's save energy for the next game because this one's gone. So for us to throw it away like that, Dice, what, what do you think is the reason for that? Is that, you know, lack of character? Was it the subs that maybe t- took a bit of momentum out of our game? Or is it, like you said, just typical, Dale? Oh, yeah, I said it. I said it um, during the game. I'm like, I'm not, the especially at an own game, I'm not the most vocal. I don't like shout my emotions or anything. But top of my lungs, as soon as that second goal went in for Sutton, just screamed, it's ingrained in the fucking DNA. <laughs> and it, it is, you know, it's it's Rochdale through and through. You know, it's... It, if we get... If we concede set pieces, 80 plus minutes, it's going in. Get you get on Skybet, get on whatever betting app you want, get it on quick enough, it's going in. <laughs> guaranteed money. But please gamble responsibly, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't put it on fast enough anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, soon as soon as it's a set piece, it's in for Rochdale. And I think majority of fans know that. Um, but as Luke said, it's like I didn't think we'd come back and bounce back from that. Especially so late, you know, we dominated the game with 10 men. You know, they've made subs, you know, what you know, be that as a you know, whatever. But it's 2 2, it's at home. We've dominated 80 minutes. And I don't I can't remember last time we bounced back like we did in such a short amount of time. It's like from 90th minute, it was just full on, you know, six gear, you know, and it was it was it was good to watch. Um and I just I, yeah, I didn't think we'd get that goal. And yeah, my body paid the price for it at the end. <laughs> um, one player I wanted to touch on, especially to be honest, I'm stunned that he didn't get man of the match. Uh, Luke was was Liam Kelly, um, an absolutely phenomenal assist for the first goal. Took his second one really well. Keeper probably should have saved it. I haven't looked at the replay. I don't think there was a lot of power on it. But just generally, I think his movement is so good, and I think that helps Morley as well because there's less focus on the opposition trying to mark Morley out of the game as the ball player when they know that Kelly's got that kind of pass in him as well. And I just thought his movement especially was top class on Saturday and especially when the, the game didn't start too well for him, did it? He, he lost the ball a few times, but he showed that kind of confidence in, in his ability to, to step up and make a massive difference in the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean... Um... He, that was definitely his, his best performance whilst he's been with us. I know he hasn't been with us long and he's, he hasn't had many games, but he's, always, he's one of them players that's actually come to us with a good reputation, hasn't he? And a lot of the signings that we often make are normally kind of, you know, players that maybe maybe people haven't heard of or who haven't really kind of, their careers haven't necessarily taken off. Whereas Kelly's kind of, he's he started at a higher level, he's done all right, and he for whatever reason he's kind of dropped down the leagues. But he's obviously he's at a good age and he's he's got pedigree, that's for sure. And I think as a result of that, I was kind of I've been expecting more from him straight away. Um and I've 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 not seen that yet up until Saturday where you're quite right, Dean. He was um he was brilliant. His passing was superb. Um, he gets about the pitch quite well for someone of, of his size, I, I would say. And I was, I was worried at the start of the game. I'm looking at our midfield of Morley and Kelly, and I'm thinking that is weak. That's weak physically. And I'm looking at Sutton's lineup, and if you noticed, big team, big team. And um, I thought, oh, are we, are we going to be in for it today? Um, but yeah, he's he's another player that dictates play. And I think you're right, you know, play. Teams will be watching Marley and they'll be on him 
um, because Molly starts a lot of our attacks. But if that frees up Kelly, then that's a partnership that's working. Um, you know, I don't mind. We don't care who plays the, the killer pass or what have you, but um, it's fine for me because they've both got great ability on the ball. And my word, that goal is, it's got to be one of the best goals I've seen at, at, at Scotland. It was, it was that good. It was just incredible. And again, going back to where I sit, kind of had a great angle on the pass. And when he played it, I thought, what, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you rushing our play? Like, why are you playing this pass? And then I was like, ah, right, you spotted something that I couldn't see, even though I can see the entire pitch and you can just see kind of, you know, what's in your own peripheral vision. So that's ability and that's talent, isn't it? It's one thing having the vision, which was special enough. It's another thing having the ability to actually pull it off. And then kudos to, to Nubi as well for the run and also the finish, a great finish for Sam. And um, I think some players might be trying to take that down, but um, it's just such a good goal. But actually as well, um, sorry for going on a bit here, but just before the ball found its way to Kelly, Jim McNulty, he was also another one who had a great game. He was brilliant, um, really brave on the ball. You know, he ain't interested in playing a boring sideways pass. He he was he was wanting to pass the ball between the lines, and it takes a bit it takes confidence that, um, or stupidity, which it probably sometimes is in Jim's case. Let's face it. Um, but for a player who's been in and out of the team. For, for probably the last like year, year and a half, uh, maybe even two years, to come in and, and play like he did with that kind of level of confidence, uh, I thought was brilliant. And it started from him. It started from Jim actually taking on a player deep in our own half of the, of the pitch. Um, and it's little things like that, again, that just kind of... Um, that goal in getting scored if the centre-half is, is going for the safe option. And that's a pass across into O'Connell or a pass back to, back to the goalkeeper. So... All round, that goal was brilliant. All round, that's Liam Kelly's best display. Um, do I think Kelly and Morley can force that partnership and kind of, you know, really, you know, be that forcing drive for us? I'm yet to be sold on that just purely because they are very similar. And sometimes that will work and other times that will work against us from a physicality perspective, I think. Um, but it's great to see kind of someone like Kelly you know, play well like that. And it'll be because he's getting games and because he's getting fitter. Um, so, yeah, one may that continue. Yeah, what, what I will say in terms of the partnership, it's a good point because I, I must admit, I didn't think Morley and Kelly was were going to be capable of playing as a two for that lack of physicality. But because they are so similar, what it gives us is it, it, it gives us a, a very clear, defined way of wanting to play, which was lacking massively against Crawley and Oldham. I think there was a real disconnect between what we were actually wanting to do and trying to do. And there were two different sort of midfield players playing together that didn't really complement each other in the way that Morley and Kelly can do because they both want to play in a similar way and, and that changes the game for us, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think like when we're playing at home, where the onus is on you, you know, the onus is on us to kind of take the game to the opposition, dictate play and play with that method. Um I think that that definitely kind of I can see it working. Away from home, it might be a bit different, um, where you do kind of, you know, you inevitably kind of sit in sometimes. You inevitably like the the opposition to have the ball, that kind of thing, and they're taking the game to you. Are they going to be just as good in those kind of games? Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I can definitely see it as a home tactic working for sure. 
Yeah, and I still think away from home we need that enforcer in midfield. We need that destroyer yeah. to allow them to to keep doing what they do. Um, but at home, maybe you know the five at the back can work with those two. But we have to try and dominate the possession if that's the case. And obviously, the opposition aren't going to get a man sent off um, every week as well. Dice, I don't know. Obviously, you sit at the opposite end of the ground from where that was. But it was a really stupid moment, wasn't it, from the Sutton player? And it really changed the game. I mean, I saw him pointing at the ref afterwards. He was he was making the gesture as if to say he was trying to get the ball, but he was like, well, why the foul's been given against you? It was our ball to have anyway. A, a moment of madness, wasn't it? And it, it was nice to see it happen against us rather than it being one of our players for a change. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, because um, it, it was the time of the match, I thought, you know what, it's perfect brew time here. Eh? I was queuing <laughs> up for my brew and I heard the chance for off. Um yeah, but I've obviously watched it back. First time I watched it was on alt comms as well. Um, but yeah, I watched it back. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a stupid challenge. I don't know why he's thought about doing that. You know, he's like you say, he's got the physicality. He's a, he's a big man. So he ain't got he ain't got the trickery. He ain't got the feet to try and get that off him safely. So yeah, it's, it's a stupid challenge. And obviously gave us the advantage in the second half, which, which you know, we barely used, but we used it to some extent. I'll come back to you as well, Dice, because I think Luke's touched on him already, but um, Alex Newby was the man who did get the man of the match on the day. Cracking finish. I've said it so many times on this podcast about Newby, but on his day, he can be a match winner for us, can't he? We just need to see it on a more consistent basis. Yeah, I, th- I think um, Newby, I said it at the start of the season, Newby could be an absolute world beater in League Two. Um, you know, he's, he's got the touch, he's got the skills. He's got a certain level of pace. I wouldn't say he's the quickest, but in League Two, he is quite a, quite a pacey chap. Um, but he's got the intelligence for a League Two player. Um, so, yeah, like I say, absolutely incredible. We had a beautiful view of it from from behind the ball, like uh, Luke said, from Kelly. It just it lofted in the air forever. It was an age before it landed. <laughs> and uh, as it was landing to Nubi, uh, Reese just turned around and went, Oh, go on, hit that. I was like, Don't be stupid. And I was like, Yeah, you're right, you should have hit that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's absolutely amazing goal. Probably one of the best goals I've seen for a long time. Um, probably the best goal since probably Tromir away um, with the all, all the passing. Um, but yeah, a magic moment. And I think that that was the key to spur us on. And I think only Nubi could have done that I think only Newby can bring that brilliance out in the team um, he's got a good shot on him and like I say he's got a very good brain on him for a League 2 player Yeah it's, it's hard isn't it each week to kind of pick who plays in those positions either side of Beasley because I feel like Cashman and Udu have also shown flashes but Newby I do think you're more likely to see it out of him from what we've seen so far it's just a case of consistency, but again, as we as we use as the caveat for a lot of the players we talk about, they wouldn't be in League Two if they were consistently brilliant. Um, but we'll, hopefully, we will see more of Newby as, as the season goes on. He feels like one of those players that we need. We need him to contribute if we're going to be pushing towards the top half of the table. So hopefully, we'll see more of that. Um, and as for the goal, I think it's worth pointing out that the other two goals were brilliant as well, really well taken. So it's a bit of a shame for both of them. Yeah, that um, that the goal of the month is sewn up by by Newbies. Um, but guys, we'll move on to to the esports um, 
team now. You, you said your role has kind of changed a few times within it. Do you want to give us a bit of a potted history of what it is about? And, and maybe for, for people like, like me, if I'm being honest, who aren't massive gamers, kind of tell us how it works and, and what the kind of the history of the whole esports team is. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, competitive uh, football in, you know, FIFA and PES has been growing over the last like 10 years. Um, you know, friends play on pro clubs all the time. It's individual player. So you play as a striker, you are the striker, you play as a CDM, you play as a centre-back. It's you, You're aiming to get 11 versus 11, getting it to the truest form of football you can on a games console. Um, but daily sports, you know, it was born from just basically born from a chat me and Resad um, on the way on the way to an away day one day. We were really into pro clubs with a few more mates, um, playing it basically every day, every night. And it was like, you know what, we could do something here. We could really get into the competitive side of it. Um, so we used our connection, Paul Hudson, who's obviously a person who's been on the podcast before. Uh, he used his connections to get us affiliated with Rochdale, make us an official esports team, which is a huge deal. It's a massive deal um, because you know a lot of a lot of other players, a lot of other um, people who play for you for just create a team with mates and then call it whatever they want. But to be associated with Rochdale, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was, it was a proud moment for me. You know, even though it's not physical, I'm putting that shirt on my back and representing the club, and it, it's a massive deal, um, certainly to Dale fans. And that was the ethos when we first started uh, two years ago. We wanted just Dale fans, uh, and, and it was a struggle because it's a small town. Not everyone plays PS4, not everyone plays FIFA. So we, we tried our best, uh, and then we eventually had to concede and get some outsiders in. But overall, you know, the, the the core of it is Dale Fan, and we've we've had some you know brilliant players play for us. Um, but it's it's the community that's the key one, and the team spirit. You know, getting players involved like Luke, who's on the podcast, uh, Paul Hudson, uh, but uh, Pete Pete, who's gone on to be uh, basically run it all now. You know, in little little under two years, he came and just was just a Dale fan, and now he's basically running the entire thing with Reese, which is incredible. Uh, we have Nick, a.k.a. the doorman, the most passionate guy you have ever heard play on a console. It is incredible. And he oh, talks yeah. about it all the time. He he refers to himself as the doorman in real life. <laughs> so he takes it seriously. Um, but, uh, yeah, two years we've been going at this. It's been a struggle, but you know it paid off last season. Um, we, you know we split into first team and academy, so again progress there. We've got two teams representing Rochdale all the time, and then the first team finally won a championship last season. So they won the the European Championship and it was an unbeaten season as well. I might say invincible season. And it was just all two years' work coming together. But it's it's incredible, um, the daily sports. You know, I'm, I'm proud to be part of it. That's why I still stuck around. I, I did manage the academy when it first started, you know, tried to get that running. Um, but I had to step down, unfortunately. But I'm still involved because it's a great place to be. And, you know, there's a great bunch of lads there. Um, 
ready to wear the badge and win for the Mighty Dale. So you, you mentioned there it's like a competitive structure and they were winners of the European Championship, did you say, yeah. last season. What, what is the structure in terms of the leagues and the cups and, and how often do you actually play games? So there's different formats um, with FIFA Pro Clubs. Uh, we went down the VPG route, um, which is regarded as one of the best, if not the best, competitive gaming for FIFA, for pro clubs. So we went down that route. We play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and we play in two leagues, but you can play in three leagues, four leagues, weekend leagues, Wednesday leagues, whatever. They've got everything running every single day of the week to suit your needs. But we play Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, two, two matches, um, and it's just basically, sometimes it'll be against affiliate teams like Rochdale. Sometimes it'll just be, you know, that group of mates I mentioned before, who's got a club together. And there is some really, really good sides out there. Really, really good sides. Um, but also well-run sides. Rotherham being the key one. Rotherham have really took this and they've blown it out of proportion. Like we thought we were doing well. And then Rotherham came in, and, you know, they've got, They've got their own shirt sponsor. They've got their own shirts for every team member. They've got about four teams going at the, at the same time. And they've got a podcast going as well. Um, they've got their own national lottery fund, I think, as well, which is incredible. So they get they get a grant every season. And it's, it's incredible what just a simple game like FIFA can do, uh, especially during lockdown. We, we recruited quite a few for lockdown. Uh, because obviously it was it was hard work for a lot of people, and it just gave give you that something to do that bit of social life. And thankfully, we've kept most of them. And it you know it's competitive, but it's it's a good laugh at the end of the day. Yeah, Luke Dice mentioned there that you've played a, a few times for um, the esports team. How have you found it, and w- would you recommend it to people to get involved if they can? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's you know, it's a commit. I'd say it's a commitment, isn't it, Dice? To, to oh, 100%. involved, and um, I got involved with it through lockdown, like like Dice said, like a few others did, and um, yeah, and like like Dice said, for me, it was more the um, the social element and just having a laugh with with the lads. Really, um, I'm kind of I'm pretty like naturally competitive, so I did like I did very much want to win and, and do well, but. Um, the main bit for me, the main enjoyment I took from it was having a laugh with the lads, and like I've spoken about, really similar with you know there, there are some similarities with with the supporters team. So without that link, Dyson mentioned Pete, who um, who, who kind of manages it now. Um, Pete and Adam Laws have kind of through through meeting them through the esports, they now play for the supporters team as well, which has been great. Um, you know, meeting people like uh, I will refer to them as the doorman. Um, you know, you kind of meet some characters as well, and um, you know, Nick's a, Nick's a, the doorman's a quality guy. So um, you, know, you do actually kind of, you know, people might look from the outside in and go, oh, it's a, you know, it's a bunch of geeks or whatever on a game, but in actual fact, it's it's a good laugh, and um, you know, people have made friendships from it. Um, you know, so you can't, I don't think you can ever knock that regardless of what it is that, that you've got kind of mutually in common. So I enjoyed it. I took a bit of a step back, but, you know, from, from commitments, but in actual, you know, I am kind of toying with the idea of um, Dyson made it sound pretty sexy then, didn't he? So I'm kind of like, <laughs> I might get my pro back out of the closet and get back, get, get the boots back on and uh, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, ask my girlfriend if I can if I'm allowed to play again. <laughs> <laughs> So Dice, um, if people want to get involved, do you still stream the games? And if so, how can people watch the streams? And uh, and you know, if people want to play, how do they get in touch? So yeah, it's really easy to watch us play. Like I say, we play Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, I think the games are from eight o'clock. So I think it's quarter past and quarter, quarter past eight and quarter to nine. Um, them three days at the minute. Um, and just we stream on YouTube, so it's. Um, I think it is just as simple as youtube.com forward slash Dale Esports, all one thing. Um, and also you can find us on Twitter to get the latest updates on matches and results. Um, and again, that's twitter.com forward slash Dale Esports or just search Dale Esports and you should see our new shiny new badge logo uh, ready and waiting for you. And it's really easy to, you know, ask to join, you know, just drop us a DM on Twitter. You know, we've got a few people logged in to that account. So, you know, there'll always be someone that sees it. Um, and if you've got a PlayStation and you've got FIFA 22, drop a DM and we'll see what we can do for you. Nice one. So hopefully um, there'll be a few new signings on the back of this for the esports team. Fingers um, crossed. <laughs> and maybe a, maybe a re-signing as well. From Fingers Mr. crossed, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, uh, Dice, I'm not sure if you know this, but we usually finish on a game. Um, where we we go back to a former, a former, um, a previous tail fixture, uh, and we we try and name the eleven. So um, it, it's not easy, and it'll be as particularly difficult tonight. But since there's no chaff or or, or Ryan, because Luke is pretty bad at this game, mate. So <laughs> can we change it. Can we change the game? Well, record it now if you want. <laughs> I'm just doing the 11 for the Sutton game and seeing if he's good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's Barrow away on Saturday. Um, so I've gone back to the cup game at Barrow in January 2017. Um, as a bit of a visual aid, we were wearing the red kit that day with the blue and black uh, diagonal sash. Uh, Dale ran out 2-0 winners at the FA Cup third round. So, Di, since you're the guest, I'm going to come to you first. It's any player from the matchday squad for Dale that day at Holker Street? I think I remember who played for, for Barrow, at least one player. But um, for Dale, 2017, I couldn't go to the game. I was wounded. I weren't season ticket holder at the time, so I didn't get a chance to go. That was a really small allocation, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was like 200 plus or something. It was stupid. Um, I honestly can't think. Um... I'll go safe and say Dooley. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I might t- my, I've got to say, my estimating and guessing of like trying to go back in years is terrible. So I will not get any of these. I'll end up saying someone like Gareth Griffiths and be like, yeah, that's got to be in there, hasn't it? Uh, I mean, it's wicked all back. I'm amazing at this game. I mean, it, it was, was the year with. before Dooley had signed for us. So, yeah. See what I mean? Uh, I mean, I don't really know what to do here. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Luke cannot win. <laughs> oh, I might have had, I might got, I might have won. No, don't work like that, Dice. I'm, I'm, <laughs> You're right, mate. I'm looking at him. Uh, right, Luke, go on then. Let's let's hear yeah. your... I just re- I, I I have vague recollection of being just levered off uh, some homemade limoncello. We got a booze bust, didn't we, that day? So. Yeah, it was a very 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 wet day. That. 
Buffer Henderson he scored, didn't he? So. Yeah, Ian Henderson was uh, was one of the goal scorers. He's actually scored both goals on the day. So um, out of the out of interest, Dice, who was the who was the Barrow player you remember playing? Williams were. That's why we signed him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Amazing yeah. that Jordan Williams. You remember Jordan Williams playing, but not. That's why we signed him. <laughs> Yeah, Jordan Williams did play. There was another Exdale player as well. Um, oh, there was actually there was actually two more Exdale players. Uh, Danny Livesey um, started for them. The centre half and Andy Howarth came off the bench. Interestingly, so uh, for anyone who was who was playing along at home, I think I've given them enough of a gap now to try and name yeah. them. So um, the the eleven was Conrad Logan, Harrison McGahey, Joe Rafferty, Jim McNulty, Keith Keane, Callum Camps. Matty Lund, Ollie Rathbone, Ian Henderson, Calvin Andrew and Steve Davies. Dice has got his head in his hands. It's so <laughs> obvious when you say it out loud. Some of my favourite ever players in that team as well. And on the bench, Josh Lillis, Niall Cadavan, Jamie Allen, Andy Cannon, David Owusu, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, who we sang about all day that day and I don't even think <laughs> anyone, uh, and Ruben Noble-Lazarus. So, um, I was going to say well done, guys, but... <laughs> No. <laughs> um, all I can say really is thanks for joining us Dice and talking through the esports team we'd love to have you on again at some point in the future oh yeah I'd love it it was a pleasure mate nice one and Luke thanks very much as always mate yeah cheers lads Dice and you're more than welcome anytime just for that at the end <laughs> if I can show someone up then yeah let's do it <laughs> nice one lads we'll catch you all next time Hope the Dale Like it. <laughs> like it, lid. <laughs> yeah, you'll be better than Ian. He's fucking hopeless. <laughs>